When a nutritionist and neuroscientist is asked, what are some brain healthy foods? The way of eating that has the most scientific evidence to back it up is the Mediterranean diet. Tune in for all the details only here on the People Scientist Podcast. listening to The People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking, to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 51. If you are tuning in for the first time, then welcome to the People Scientist Army, where every week I arm us with some scientific evidence so we can all lead the healthy lives we want to live. Now, every once in a while, I like to reintroduce myself on the podcast for any new listeners. So here is a very quick intro. Every episode is a result of me reading and scouring the medical journals on a specific topic and boiling all of that information down to some important core takeaways for all of us. I feel like I'm a great person to do this because I have a diverse background. My bachelor and master's degrees were in human nutritional sciences. My PhD was in physiology and clinical cardiology, and my current fellowship is in neuroscience. Now, after that quick little introduction, let's jump into today's episode. Today is a little bit of a special episode because I was asked to do a topic in relation to our Art of Brain exhibit at Mount Sinai this month. The art exhibit is a compilation of beautiful works of art coming from neuroscientists. Now, a lot of them are beautiful microscope images, some are sketches, and some are drawings of what we see on a regular basis as neuroscientists. It's really quite a unique compilation of artwork. So if you by chance live in New York City and want to come to the opening night of the Art of Brain exhibit, I will be there. You can come by and say hi. The opening night is March 16th from 6 to 8 p.m., and it will be at the Grady Alexis Gallery on 99th Street. And I will put a link in the description box to this episode in case you want to hear more details about the Art of Brain exhibit. So in preparation for this event, I was asked to compile a list of brain-healthy foods that could be included in the menu for the opening night. Now, when I was asked that question of what were brain-healthy foods, I thought, hmm, how would I define brain-healthy exactly? Now, brain-healthy, in my opinion, means promoting the homeostasis or normal functioning of the brain and foods that could prevent or slow the progression of aging and disease. So if foods are associated with the lower risk of dementia, lower risk of depression or stroke, then I would say that they are brain healthy. So for today's episode, coming from a nutritionist and neuroscientist, I will be giving some scientific evidence on foods or practices that we can adopt that may promote the health of our brain. So as we always do, Let's start off with some core takeaways.
When I started doing my research on brain-healthy foods, one pattern or way of eating that was consistently associated with brain health was the Mediterranean diet. Scientists learned that those who live near the Mediterranean Sea seem to have better health outcomes. So scientists chose to study what these individuals ate. Their diet, for example, is characterized by being rich in vegetables, olive oil, nuts, seeds, beans, fish, whole grains, and regular but low doses of red wine. This diet, the Mediterranean diet, is low in dairy, red meat, sugar, refined carbohydrates like white bread, white pasta, white rice, and this diet is also low in processed foods. Their desserts are primarily fruit. It is quite remarkable as this way of eating is consistently associated with a much lower risk of dementia, depression, and stroke versus conventional Western eating or versus a low-fat diet. Intervention studies also show that those who live in other parts of the world outside of the Mediterranean Sea area, but who adopt this way of eating, also see benefit in reduced risk of dementia, depression, and stroke. And even more specific studies pinpoint that the brain-healthy benefits can be in part attributed to the extra virgin olive oil, the higher intake of vegetables, omega-3 rich foods, and the lack of unhealthy foods. Now, let's jump into the details. To start off more general, the Mediterranean diet has received a lot of attention in regard to promoting brain health. This diet was realized when scientists noted that people living near the Mediterranean Sea had good brain health and good heart health. So scientists investigated their lifestyle, which included the types of foods and drinks that they regularly consumed. The scientists determined that the diet of these individuals consisted of a lot of plant-based foods and healthy fats. So if I had to characterize the Mediterranean diet, I would say it's a more plant-based diet that is very rich in healthy fats. So for example, the Mediterranean diet is rich in vegetables, beans, nuts, seeds, olives, olive oil, some fruits, whole grains, and is rich in garlic, herbs, and some fish. This diet is particularly low in meat, dairy, salt, and desserts. For beverages, red wine, coffee, and water are the main staples. Many observation studies have noted that those who adopt a Mediterranean diet or way of eating are at a lower risk for developing dementia and Alzheimer's disease. For example, in 2006, in the Annals of Neurology, Scarmias and others reported in a cohort of nearly 2,300 people living in New York that those who followed the Mediterranean diet more closely had a 40% lower chance of developing Alzheimer's versus those who followed the diet the least strict, or versus those who didn't follow the Mediterranean diet. Even in those individuals that followed the Mediterranean diet halfway or half the time, they had a 15% reduced odds of developing Alzheimer's disease over four years versus those who did not follow the Mediterranean diet at all. So even a partial following of the diet may have some benefit. But the more closely you adhere to the Mediterranean diet, the stronger the reduction in the risk for Alzheimer's disease. In the journal PLOS One in 2017, the scientists reported that among 1,865 participants, that every unit increase in the Mediterranean diet score was associated with a 10% decrease in the odds for dementia. So what I mean by that is the more closely someone followed the Mediterranean diet, again, the lower their chances of developing dementia. 
Adherence to the Mediterranean diet was also associated with better performance in memory, language, visuospatial perception, and the composite cognitive score. The associations were strongest of the Mediterranean diet with memory. Fish consumption in particular in this study was associated with a reduced risk of dementia. So in this study, as I had said, they referred to a Mediterranean diet score in the clinical trial. So in a lot of these clinical trials, they'll have a questionnaire essentially to assess someone's adherence to the diet or how closely they're following the Mediterranean diet. And this score is based on how often you eat whole grains, fish, olive oil, vegetables, fruits, legumes like beans, peas, and lentils. And you get a higher score if you eat these types of foods more often. You would get a score of zero if you eat red meat, refined carbohydrates like desserts or sugary foods or beverages. You get a zero if you eat chicken or full-fat dairy often, or if you drink more than two glasses of wine or the equivalent of alcohol per day. I will post the Mediterranean diet score test on my social media this week if you want to take the quiz to see how closely your current eating compares to a Mediterranean-style diet. And generally, a score adherence of at least 36 or higher is seen as a higher adherence to the diet. In 2018, in the journal Translational Psychiatry, they reported that in 77 individuals, a higher adherence to the Mediterranean diet of a score of 36 or higher was associated with less amyloid beta accumulation in the brain. Now, amyloid beta is the plaque that develops in the brain, during Alzheimer's disease. And if it stays there, unfortunately, it can prevent normal brain functioning and is therefore implicated in the progression of Alzheimer's disease. So the fact that the Mediterranean diet was associated with less amyloid beta in the brain, that is a very good thing. In the archives of neurology in 2006, those adhering to the best to the Mediterranean-style diet had a 68% lower odds of developing dementia. The authors in this study noted that this was independent of markers of blood vessel health, so it is speculated that the effects of the Mediterranean diet on brain health could be due to its impact on inflammation and oxidative stress. In the Annals of Neurobiology in 2013, the scientists conducted a meta-analysis that pulled together many clinical trials investigating the association or the impact of the Mediterranean diet on brain health. The scientists noted that high adherence to the Mediterranean diet was consistently associated with a reduced risk for stroke by reducing the risk for stroke by 29%, a reduced risk of depression by 32%, and a reduced risk of cognitive impairment by 40%. And again, as other clinical trials had shown, even moderate adherence to the diet was associated with some benefits to reducing the risk of depression and cognitive impairment. But moderate adherence seemed to not be as beneficial for stroke. Higher adherence was required to see this benefit on a reduced risk of stroke. Now that's quite remarkable. I mean, I just listed several clinical trials that all consistently show the same findings. That if someone is eating a Mediterranean diet, that there consistently is a lower risk of them developing Alzheimer's disease, depression, or having a stroke which is quite remarkable, that if we can eat a particular way, that it can have such an impact on our health outcomes. Now, in regard to depression, I spoke at length on the topic of inflammation and depression in episode 25. So if you want to hear the details of that, make sure to go back and give that episode a listen. 
But briefly, in episode 25, I speak of how a high state of inflammation may induce feelings of depression. This is evidenced clearly in animals and humans being given a pro-inflammatory molecule such as TNF-alpha and how it can acutely increase measures of depressive-like mood. Many studies also report that those with diagnosed depression have higher levels of circulating pro-inflammatory molecules versus those without a diagnosis for depression. Also in episode 7, I speak of the topic Our Brain on Junk Food and how certain foods like high sugar, white breads and pastas, saturated fatty acids, and overly processed foods can increase inflammation in our body, and junk food is therefore, or eating unhealthy, is therefore associated with measures of depression as well. So the Mediterranean diet may have benefit because it is low in these foods associated with depression, and the Mediterranean diet is also higher in foods that may have an anti-inflammatory effect. So let's go into a little bit of detail on foods or ingredients that are common to the Mediterranean diet, and more specifically, how they may be of benefit to us. So olives and olive oil are one of the main sources of fats in the diet. Olive oil primarily consists of monounsaturated fatty acids and antioxidant polyphenols. In the journal JAMA Internal Medicine in 2015, Scientists recruited 447 individuals at a high risk for heart disease and stroke. The individuals were instructed to either follow a Mediterranean diet and consume one liter of olive oil a week. Yeah, one liter, that's quite a bit, but they were able to do it. Or to follow the Mediterranean diet and eat 30 grams of nuts per day. Or to follow a low-fat control diet. Now, after a follow-up of, on average, four years, which is a really long time, so it was a great clinical trial, those following the Mediterranean diet had better cognitive scores. Now, the cognitive score will reflect their memory, decision-making, and learning. Over four years, those consuming the low-fat control diet actually saw a reduction in their cognitive scores over a period of four years, whereas in contrast, those individuals that were eating a Mediterranean-style diet actually did not have a decline in their cognition over four years. In fact, if anything, they saw slight improvements in their cognition over four years, which is quite remarkable. And the olive oil addition group was actually a bit better than the group of the Mediterranean diet plus 30 grams of nuts a day. So the benefits of the Mediterranean diet on cognition and mental health could be somewhat specific to olive oil. I think that there are a lot of components within the diet that are healthful, but it seems that olive oil is a main component to making this diet beneficial. Now, in the journal Atherosclerosis in 2005, they compared refined olive oil with virgin olive oil in 40 men. You may see, for example, extra virgin olive oil on labels and wonder what that means for our health. Well, extra virgin means it is the least refined, least filtered, so there will be more antioxidant polyphenols in the olive oil, which is what we want. Virgin olive oil would be somewhat in the middle, and regular olive oil would be refined the most, so it would have the least amount of antioxidants. So what does this mean for our health? Well, the scientists noted that virgin olive oil, which is more rich in antioxidant polyphenols, had a benefit on measures of heart health, such as lowering plasma-oxidized LDL cholesterol, It lowered lipid peroxide levels in the body, and it also increased activity of our natural antioxidant system, glutathione peroxidase. 
Adding virgin olive oil to the diet also reduced systolic blood pressure in those with chronic high blood pressure or hypertension. So that is why it is said for us to purchase extra virgin or virgin olive oil, as this means it is less refined and will have more antioxidant potential. And as this study showed, it could have some benefits to our blood vessel and heart health as well. And blood vessel health is also important in regard to reducing the risk for a stroke. Because a stroke, particularly an ischemic stroke, is when we have a blocked blood vessel in our brain, when fatty plaques have built up in the blood vessel of the brain, and similar to a heart attack, what would happen is not enough blood and oxygen nutrients will go to our brain, and that is what a stroke is. So blood vessel health is also very important in the context of stroke. Animal studies have also supported this. For example, in the journal Inflammation Research, the scientists illustrate in animal models of inflammation that extra virgin olive oil can have some anti-inflammatory and protective properties as well. So we see this in humans and animals. Garlic is also a prominent ingredient in the Mediterranean diet, and I spoke at length on the scientific evidence of garlic and its impact on our health in episode 32. So you can go back and give that episode a listen if you are interested in more details. But briefly, raw garlic has the greatest amount of the proposed healthful component allicin. Boiling garlic is not ideal as a lot of the healthful components can be lost in cooking this way. Roasted garlic is okay as it will reduce about half the amount of allicin if it's roasted to 160 degrees Celsius. Garlic is associated with a lower risk for stomach and colorectal cancer and can improve markers of diabetes, heart health, and inflammation, which can all have an impact on our brain health as well. The Mediterranean diet also consists of eating some fish, particularly fish that is rich in omega-3 fatty acids such as salmon, sardines, and krill. Now, our brain consists largely of many fat molecules, and it is known that Omega-3 fatty acids can be converted to anti-inflammatory molecules that can help resolve inflammation in our brain. So it is thought that omega-3 fatty acids can be brain healthy for this reason. Now in regard to fish or omega-3 intake and the risk of Alzheimer's, the results are a little bit less clear. For example, in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, they found no association with fish intake and the risk for dementia in over 5,000 people. Wu in 2015 reported that taking omega-3 supplements did not seem to reduce the risk of Alzheimer's disease. However, eating fatty fish rich in omega-3, such as salmon and sardines, was associated with a 36% reduced risk of Alzheimer's disease versus those who did not eat fish regularly. So fish may have health benefit beyond just taking omega-3 supplements. So omega-3 supplements in fish may not have the same impact on brain health. Specifically, Wu found that for every 100 gram increase in fatty fish intake per week, it was associated with a 11% lower risk of Alzheimer's disease. And again, fatty fish rich in omega-3s include salmon, sardines, and krill, just to name a few. In Nature Review's Neurology in 2009, they reported that after combining the clinical data, omega-3 fatty fish intake may reduce the progression of Alzheimer's disease in those currently living with Alzheimer's, but eating fatty fish may not necessarily prevent the onset of Alzheimer's disease in the first place. It just may prevent its progression to a severe form. 
But I think regardless of some of the mixed results that are coming out on fish consumption and the risk for dementia or progression of dementia, there is still very a clear, very clear link between the consumption of the Mediterranean diet and how it is consistently associated with a lower risk of developing dementia and a lower risk of progressive dementia. Mocking in 2016 conducted a meta-analysis that pooled together 13 clinical trials and concluded that omega-3 intake was associated with a benefit for measures of depression. So omega-3 rich foods may have benefit for our mood and mental health. And again, it could be due to the fact that omega-3 fatty acids can have inflammation-resolving effects. One thing that I want to highlight that I've spoken about before in one of my previous episodes is about how our fat intake and the benefit of omega-3s really go hand in hand. And I did my master's and PhD on this topic, so I can speak at length and in great detail, but I'll keep it very simple for all of you. The benefits of omega-3s will be greater if our intake of unhealthy fats is reduced at the same time. So if you are eating fast food, fries, junk food, chips, etc., and taking an omega-3 supplement or eating omega-3 rich fish, your body will not be able to use the omega-3 fatty acids very well. Now, on con- in the contrast, if you're taking omega-3s or eating omega-3 rich fish in combination with a healthy diet that is lower in fried processed foods, your body will be able to utilize the omega-3s much better. Omega-3s in the presence of an unhealthy diet is like throwing someone a life preserve in an ocean in the middle of a hurricane. That life preserve is going to do nothing. But in contrast, if you throw a life preserve to someone in the ocean where there are some slight waves, that life preserve will make a big difference. This is the case for so many things in our diet and daily lifestyle. We need to look at our lifestyle as a whole and remember that one small thing, such as an omega-3 supplement, won't make too much of a difference in the context of a hurricane of bad lifestyle and diet choices. Okay, so now that I'm off my soapbox, let's continue on with our brain-healthy foods and effects of Mediterranean diet on our brain. Another thing to consider about fish and the health benefits of fish and omega-3s is when you're cooking your fish, please don't overcook it, as cooking it beyond the temperature required can increase lipid peroxides of the omega-3s, which we do not want. Now, fish is recommended to be cooked to 145 degrees Fahrenheit or 63 degrees Celsius, which is lower than what we cook for other meats, such as chicken or beef. And a lot of people are surprised when I tell them that fish only needs to be cooked to 145 degrees Fahrenheit, because most people think it needs to be cooked higher, but it doesn't. So keep that in mind if you if you eat fish regularly. Now, the Mediterranean diet is also very rich in vegetables. In the Journal of Nutrition, Health, and Aging in 2012, it was reported that a higher intake of vegetables was associated with a lower risk for dementia. In the journal Nutrition in 2016, 18 clinical trials were combined, and the scientists concluded that Fruit and vegetable intake was associated with a lower risk for depression. So vegetable intake is associated with overall brain and mental health and well-being. Now, it is suggested for us to get at least five servings of vegetables per day. Now, a serving equals one cup of leafy green vegetables like kale, spinach, or romaine lettuce. Or a serving is half a cup of other vegetables such as peppers, mushrooms, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, etc. 
Now, the Mediterranean diet is also rich in nuts and seeds, such as sunflower seeds, almonds, walnuts, and pumpkin seeds. Now, these can also be a great source of healthy fats as well. I personally suggest eating these nuts and seeds raw, as roasting at high temperatures may potentially lead to the polyunsaturated fatty acids to become oxidized or to produce lipid peroxides. And I go into a lot of detail on that topic in episode 10 if you're interested in hearing more about it. One seed in particular that I have to bring up because I've published a lot of work and a lot of clinical trials on this seed is flaxseed. I published a few clinical trials showing that eating three tablespoons of ground flaxseed every day can lower markers of inflammation in humans and improved blood pressure in those living with vascular disease. So seeds in general, and in particular flaxseed here, can be a great source of fiber, healthy fats, and may promote brain health by having an anti-inflammatory action and perhaps promoting blood vessel health. Flaxseed in particular and chia seed and hemp seed are also a rich source of plant-based omega-3 fatty acids as well. And the fact of if they're able to improve blood vessel health or reduce blood pressure, this could also be important in the context of stroke because the number one risk factor for stroke is uncontrolled high blood pressure. So flaxseed may have a benefit in this regard. Now, the Mediterranean diet is also characterized by having regular but low intake of red wine. And I spoke a few weeks back on the potential health benefits of red wine and resveratrol. But one interesting study I want to share was published in Scientific Reports in 2018. Now, this study was done in mice, so we can't see for certain that this is the case in humans as well, but it's possible. The scientists noted that low-dose alcohol was beneficial for the functioning of a system in our brain called the glymphatic system. This system is the waste clearance system of our brain that is important to remove damaging and inflammatory molecules in our brain. And I've spoken about this glymphatic system in episode 16. It is thought that the glymphatic system does not function properly in Alzheimer's disease and that it does not function properly in animal models of depression. But interestingly, low-dose alcohol that would be equivalent to, say, a blood alcohol level of approximately 0.03 to 0.05, which is below the legal limit, has a beneficial effect on the glymphatic system. This blood alcohol level may be achieved with, say, half a glass of red wine drank over one hour. Now, there is the famous J-curve relationship that maybe you've heard of that we see with alcohol intake and mortality. So those who consume low amounts of alcohol tend to live longer and be healthier. More specifically, that in those who drink low amounts of alcohol, such as half a glass of wine, red wine a day, or drink a few times a week, a small amount of alcohol, they tend to live longer with less ailments than those who drink none at all, actually. And versus, they live longer versus those who drink more. Now, this finding has been replicated in many studies. And interestingly, one of the mechanisms that I learned during my PhD is that low-dose alcohol or the ethanol itself may also have benefits to our blood vessel health and the elasticity of our blood vessels. So low-dose alcohol commonly consumed in the Mediterranean diet may also have benefit to blood vessel health and our brain health as well. I mean, as we speak, I am drinking my half glass of red wine right now as I'm recording the episode. So I'm making sure that I personally am following that Mediterranean diet the best I can too. 
The last thing I want to add that does not have to do with the Mediterranean diet necessarily, but something that I wanted to bring up is intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating. Now, I went into great detail on the scientific evidence of this in episode 28, if you want to go give that a listen. But briefly, the review that I wanted to bring up was published by Matson in the journal Nature Reviews in 2018. Essentially, Matson concluded that fasting and time-restricted eating changes the energy metabolism of our brain. Now, normally, our brain is used to receiving glucose for energy to fuel the cells of our brain. But in the context, for example, of Alzheimer's disease, our brain stops using glucose properly. And this therefore leads to symptoms like reduced memory and reduced cognition. So Matson and others provide evidence that fasting regularly lets our brain become more flexible and resilient because fasting lets our brain learn how to use other sources of energy, such as ketones, more efficiently. This can be evidence, for example, in clinical trials where the individuals regularly fast, there are adaptations such as increased mobilization of fat in order for that fat to be turned into energy more efficiently. And that is seen in individuals that fast regularly. So another lifestyle practice that may be brain healthy is time-restricted eating and intermittent fasting. And as I said, you can tune into episode 28 for more important information and scientific evidence on that if you are interested. So that is a wrap, my people scientist army. So when a neuroscientist and nutritionist is asked, what are brain-healthy foods? My answer is to look to the Mediterranean diet, a diet rich in vegetables, beans, seeds, nuts, olive oil, omega-3 rich fish, whole grains, and some fruits. This diet is low in red meat, refined carbohydrates, meaning it's low in white bread, white rice, white pasta. This diet is also low in dairy, low in sugar, low in fried foods, and low in processed foods. A lot of data supports an association of the Mediterranean way of eating with a reduced risk of dementia, depression, and stroke consistently, which is really quite remarkable. It is thought that in particular, the extra virgin olive oil, the low but regular intake of alcoholic red wine, higher intakes of omega-3 fatty acid from fish and seeds and nuts, and regular intake of garlic are likely contributors that promote the health of our brain and the reduced risk of disease. And of course, the lack of intake of unhealthy foods is also a big contributing factor as well. And I think taking this data together, it's absolutely fascinating to me how the choices that we make every day on the foods that we eat can have such a profound impact on our health outcomes. And the Mediterranean diet and the clinical data associated with it are a perfect example of that. I mean, that's the whole reason why I started this podcast in the first place, because I wanted to share with everyone how the decisions we make every day for the foods that we eat or the way we live our lifestyle can have a remarkable impact on our health. And as a result, our ability to successfully age and our ability to live the life that we want, right? That's how I start off my podcast every week. I try to arm you with scientific evidence that you can live the healthy life that you want to live. I want us to all live to an old age and be healthy and retire and do all the things that we want to do. And I think the the data here is just an example of how the everyday decisions we make really seem to have a big impact on our health outcomes and the associated risk. I hope that this episode was informative and interesting for all of you. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or TikTok for for some extra tidbits of information 
on the week's episode. If you happen to be in New York City, then come pop by the Art of the Brain exhibit and say hi. It will be held at Mount Sinai on March 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. And I will link the event's website in the description box below. I look forward to meeting some of you there, and I hope you all have a super healthy week. And I will meet you back here the same time and the same place next week on the People Scientist Podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.